Amen, amen. Praise God. Thank you, platform musicians. Amen. Before we get into the preaching uh, uh, this uh, evening, uh, we do have a testimony uh, uh, from my brother uh, uh, Matthew. Let's give him a welcome as he comes. So, uh, I don't know if it was one month ago or a couple weeks ago, but I woke up in the middle of the night and saw a demon in the corner of my room. And I know, I, I, I know this was a sleep paralysis because I was told so, because I couldn't move, I couldn't do anything. All I could do was just stand there and watch it. And uh, and I and and uh, the night the night later, I asked Pastor Pastor Nickerson if he could come to my house and pray. And we did a little little prayer service. He he had blessed my house of all sin and grief. And ever since then, God has been moving in, in me and my mom's life. Uh. And uh, I think there was I think there was something that was causing a demon to come into my room. It was a poster of Attack on Titan. And ever since I tore that poster down. I haven't seen that thing since. And praise Lord, I haven't. Amen. Just a quick reminder that prayer works. In the name of Jesus, the devil shall flee. Amen. Praise God for that awesome testimony. Enemy always lurking around trying to discourage the saints. Amen. If you have your Bibles, you can turn with me to the book of Numbers, chapter 14, 1 through 3. Um, I do, uh, as always, a count of the privilege of my pastor to allow me to preach uh, and minister to you. I, I really do appreciate uh, um, his leadership, his friendship, as well as Miss Mona and all that they do here. And I know you guys do as well. And so uh, it's always just reminded of just a privilege uh, to serve and minister in their church. Can you say amen? Amen. Praise God. Again, Numbers chapter 14, 1 through 3. A man once said a fearful past causes a fearful future, and the past and future can become one. In other words, uh, what he is ultimately saying is a person past uh, has the ability to live uh, in a person's future. How I many of we as Christians have to be careful that we don't let uh, uh, the past uh, still our present? You see, I believe the enemy will try to use our past many times uh, to keep us stuck in guilt and condemnation of all kinds, uh, only to live with many regrets. He will use it against us so that we can harbor bitterness, which leads uh, to us unable to forgive others and sometimes uh, ourselves. And possibly the most devastating thing that he will use um, from your past against you and I is the temptation, uh, listen to me very clearly, uh, to look back uh, to the old sinful life, that, that one that God, by the way, delivered you and I from. And I want to preach a sermon I've entitled, Don't Get Caught Looking 
too much into your past. I believe this is one of the various different things that you and I are not careful. Listen, the past, uh, we must treat it with respect. There's things we learn from our past, but I believe the enemy many times, uh, because how I many know we all have a past? We all come from Egypt, if you will. We all have uh, uh, things that we wish we would have done different. But I believe uh, that the enemy wants to. And I want to just really believe God that God will help us and minister to us tonight in this area. Can you say amen? Don't get caught looking too much into your past. So all the congregations lifted up their voice and cried, and the people wept that night. And all the children of Israel complained against Moses and Aaron and the whole congregation and said to them, if only we had died in the land of Egypt, or if only we had died in the wilderness, why has the Lord brought us to this land to fall by the sword, that our wives and children should become victims? Would it not be better for us to return to Egypt? God help us. God, we thank you, God. God, we ask, God, right now, God, you would give us, God, Lord, peace, God, concerning our past. God, let us treat, yes, our past with respect, but God, uh, we bind and rebuke the enemy's attempt, God, to come against us, God, uh, to have us looking too far back into the past, God, uh, to cause us pain in our present and future. God, I ask, God, you anoint, God, uh, oh, every word that come out of my mouth, God, have no confidence in this flesh, uh, but I'm trusting in the Holy Spirit uh, that you administer your word to your people, uh, and I ask all these things in the mighty name of Jesus Christ uh, and all God's people said amen amen I want to look at the things that need to be kept in the past how many of there's certain different things that we need to be careful and need to be really left in the past how many of the Bible was filled with notable instances uh, in which God's people were tempted to look back uh, to their not so pleasant past in similar but different uh, uh, involvement uh, with the Israelites when you begin to follow them um, not only here it is, this is their time where they're in the wilderness at the moment. Um, they have uh, 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 escaped many years uh, removed uh, from Egypt. They're there in the wilderness because of disobedience. Um, God's promised them to go into the promised land. Um, he sends Joshua and Caleb uh, in to spy out this land. Uh, you know the story. The Bible says uh, they come back with a bad report. Uh, and here it is. We hear a cry from the congregation uh, wishing that, oh, wouldn't be that we just died in the wilderness or our Egypt. In Exodus, after crossing the Red Sea, we hear this same type of murmuring and complaining. In Exodus, after crossing the Red Sea and escaping from their slave masters in Egypt, they begin to complain about the particular food that they had in Egypt uh, that they didn't have there. How many, would, how many know that, with, that even the things that they were missing, um, how many would still agree that they were still in a much better place? See, there will always be an unhealthy things lingering from your past uh, that will try to get you to look back. Rather, it's our sinful lifestyle uh, we've left behind uh, or unhealthy uh, our mentality. Uh, many times, uh, you know, this is what the enemy desires to do. And how many know it's one thing to look back into our past uh, and reminisce on a few things uh, with a clean heart? Come on, somebody. You know, looking back into the past uh, with gratitude of looking at how far God brought us. How many know there's nothing wrong with that? And for some of us, we've been brought, you know, more further than others. 
But for the most part, uh, we, we can be grateful um, of different things uh, regarding our past. But how many would agree um, that some things in our past uh, we can't spend too much time looking at? There's things in our past, not only uh, can we not spend too much time looking at, uh, but we can't spend too much time thinking about it. Yet, talk about it. All of these things I just mentioned from thinking to looking and talking uh, too much into your past, they can be critical uh, to our present uh, and our future. I want to look at the desire to look too far back. The Israelites, they begin to stare too far back into their past. Is it ironic that in both incidents of the Israelites to go back, uh, they both were terrible places they wanted to go back to? Egypt was the first thing, uh, and here it is that in the wilderness, they're ready to, you know, to, to keep walking around in circles rather than going to the promised land that's right across the river. God wanted to set his people free from their past and to move forward, but they were locked in, staring on what was supposed to be behind them. A man once said that it is okay to look back uh, at your past, uh, just don't stare. See, when you're staring at something, how many know it really is the difference between looking and staring? When you're staring at something, it has captivated your attention at the moment. It's more in-depth than just looking at something. And this is what happened to God's people. They got caught staring too much into their past. You see, one of the dangers of looking too far back is that in our past is that, you know, it would take you in a different direction as opposed to where you're supposed to go. That's one of the dangers. Uh, God wanted them again to go uh, to the land of Canaan, uh, you know, the land uh, that flowed with milk and honey. Uh, but the unappreciative uh, wanted to return uh, to the land of whips and chains. Land and milk of honey, land of whip and chains because of a couple of uncomfortable circumstances. You know, we can be just like that. Situations in life in the present uh, and it doesn't look bright in the future according to your, your you know, your, your narrative. Uh, and it's so easy to look back at the city. Look back at the past. Remember Lot's wife. God told Lot to, to turn away from Sodom. You know why she looked back? Uh, because all her friends were there. Her memories were there. Her, 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 her business, uh, whatever she had established there, uh, and she just had to get one more glance. Uh, listen, some things that you're looking at, uh, looking back, can cost you your life. It costed hers. Looking too far back will cause you to complain uh, about where you're currently at. It have, it have you unappreciative of your current state. See, we must be careful that we're not looking so far back into our past uh, that it causes us to complain about where we're currently at. Listen, God has brought all of us a mighty far long way. And just because the you know, arrow necessarily might not be pointing so much up in your favor, uh, you know, uh, as opposed to you would like it. But how many know uh, where you're at saved, amen, uh, filled with the Holy Ghost in this place, uh, it's still better than where you used to be. Concerning all the great things that you did have in the world, those things are just materialistic, but you have eternal life tonight. Here it is. God has indeed heard the cry of his people. And shortly after, they're complaining. Many times the enemy will indeed attempt you and I to be complainers about where we're currently at, church. How many know the enemy love to tell lies, church? Matter of fact, the Bible says he's the father of a bunch of them. But one of the lies that he will use 
is somehow that the life uh, that you had uh, back in the world was just so good. How many know as a Christian, you know that it wasn't that good uh, in your moment uh, of complaining, uh, but, you know, when, you know, in desperation and vulnerability. But many times it's because we're in the area of, of desperation and, 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 you know, it's so easy to compromise. How many know we're all capable of that old acquired taste that Egypt sometimes has to offer? The Israelites said we ate better. In Egypt, you know the story, they didn't want the bread and, you know, they talked about the pots and the meat and, and various different things in their mind. That's all that mattered at the time. And it's, all, it's just amazing how many times, how many Christians that the enemy has taken advantage of in their moment. In that one moment of Christ, that one, that season of life, he begins to sell you Egypt back to you. It's almost as if they got amnesia and again. They forgot about the whips and chains and the hot sun that they had to work in daily. Next time we want to look too far back, how many we need to think about? Think about that. Listen, don't believe the devil's lie that you had it good when you was back in the, back in your sin. Truth be told, we were jacked up. We didn't have it good at all. I can speak for myself. I was just like Paul. I was the, the chief among all sinners. But I was just, you know, I was beyond just a sinner. I, like I was jacked up. You know, sometimes you cannot be living right and still got like, like common things together. Like your boy didn't get his license until I was like 27 and married. Wife had to, <laughs> bless her heart, she, she had to drag me like I was her son to the, to the, to the, man, you got to get your license. Jacked up, man. <laughs> Didn't leave home until I was 24 years old. That's almost a quarter of 100 years at home. <laughs> Between the ages of 18 and 18, I worked every fast food restaurant except Dairy Queen. Notice I said between 18 and 18 because in one year I worked at Burger King, McDonald's, Wendy's, Rallys, you name it, quit all of them. Life was jacked up. Thank God for Jesus, though. See, I'm by hand and Mike telling my story about your story. Like you ain't got one. They're like, Pastor, you were jacked up for real. You meant that. Yeah, I was. But listen. I say all that to say don't allow the enemy to convince you because of your tough time now uh, that you had it good back then. Because you didn't. Some of us marriages were so, uh, you know, in, in, inflamed until, you know, you didn't know what was going to happen next. See, on a more serious note, some of us were downright depressed before we got saved. Suicidal even. Couldn't make the right decisions to save your life. Always trying to con our way out through something. Come on. But see, this is the trap of looking back into the past too much. It'll cause you to complain about where you're currently at. And the devil will be like, hey, you remember in the world when you had it good? You had way more money. Uh, you never struggled financially like this. Yeah, but you got your money the wrong way. You robbed people. You lied to people. 
You shot crap, uh, you know, dice for a living. At least I did. That was my part-time job. You were, we weren't doing good for ourselves. You know, every now and then I watch these documentaries, these kingpins, and you know, and they, you know, and they talking about the narrator. It's, it's they talking about these drug dealers like they they call them businessmen and entrepreneurs. I'm like, how does drug dealer and entrepreneur get in the same sentence? Businessman, he was. I mean, he finally. And then it's like the it's like a horror story because he got caught. Don't let the devil lie to you. Listen, church, let me give you some breaking news. <laughs> if no one's ever going to give it to you, listen, I mean, no, uh, uh, you know, I, 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 I count it all done like Paul said to have my soul. Amen. See, how I many know looking in the past only to complain about your present is a slap in, the fa- in God's face, church. Considering what God had brought these people from, listen, these people cried out for years for a deliverer, and God gave them one, only for weeks later to compare to complain about what they had to eat. God has brought many of us too far, and given us too much for us to dare to even want to stare back too far. How I many know we we become complainers and ungrateful when that happens? See, the enemy also uh, has a way uh, uh, of allowing our past to bear a burden upon things that has already happened that we can't change, church. Even the unfortunate things, uh, the mistakes that we made. How many know we can't go, uh, we can't go do those things over again? But see, the enemy will have for you and I to live there. Because if he can get you to live in the areas of your mistakes and uh, things that, that you can't do nothing about, uh, he know, listen, he can, he can stunt your growth from going forward. And see, many times we are too attached uh, to something that has already happened. But see, many times what this does, it spoils your current moment. That's what happened with the Israelites. It spoiled their, their you know, they could have, you know, what was supposed to, again, to be an 11-day journey turned into 40 years because of their current moment. Another thing that we as Christians have to be aware of and have to refrain from uh, staring at our past too much is the negative familiarities of the past. How many know everyone's past is familiar to you because it's your past? I remember uh, many years ago, uh, you know, before, you know, I got into fellowship and got saved in 2004. God powerfully saved me. Uh, I mean, it was, I was on fire for God. You know, I didn't have discipleship and different things. It was like a year and a half before I got, you know, into the fellowship and had a pastor and had a church body and various different things. But I remember going back home, half backslidden at that time, riding down 95 South. And I remember the enemy was like, oh, yeah. You was Mr. Saved Christian man in Virginia, but let's see when you go back to your Egypt. I he said it just like that. What he was talking about, your old familiar stumping grounds, your old familiar friends. Um, all these people have heard about this new guy named Dion that's changed in Virginia, but you come on back home. He was right for about nine months. Oh, man, I felt hard back into the world. All the things that God, listen, uh, the enemy will always sell you your familiar. He'll sell it to you if you're willing to purchase it back. See, they long for the familiar. Give us the meat, they said. We don't want this bread. You know, every now and then the enemy will come and visit us uh, to see if there's still an appetite for the familiar. 
The enemy will sell you again your familiar if you stare at it too long because he knows you're interested in it. He'll try to see if the, the sin you used to be involved in still has that acquired taste in your mouth. Especially during times of vulnerability in life and things get tough when there's opportunities to compromise. The enemy will tempt us uh, all to look back to the familiar. You know, you're here. All the time, people talking to, you know, people that are newly saved that we haven't seen in a while. Uh, you begin to follow up on them. Uh, they go from being consistent uh, and being uh, in the house of God. Uh, now they're backpedaling in the world. You know why? Because they went back to the familiar. All the new friends that they had in their circle that's helping them live for God. Uh, now those, uh, those social circle of friends have changed uh, and it's back to the familiar. Back to the familiar spots. Uh, See, don't think for one minute that your familiar is just so far back that it can't return to you tonight. Don't be fooled because uh, our familiar still lives close by. It's still around the corner, church. It still has the same address if you're willing to stare back and do it. See, this is the one of the dangers of social media, particularly Facebook. The fact that it loves to show you your familiar, Right? How to get off that stuff, man. I remember back in 2008, uh, you know, uh, when I first had it and uh, I had it a couple years. Uh, and, you know, people I ain't even talked to. I never liked nothing about their page. I, and then, you know, when I'm trying to, uh, one thing about Facebook, when you try to get off, it shows you the familiar. It showed me all these pictures. I didn't even know I was out there. I mean, I'm in there like this with a beer bottle and stuff. I'm like, where did that picture come from? I didn't even post it. Who, who put that there? They won't, let, they won't let you just delete and get off. They got to show you stuff. People you didn't, you know, you, you, you didn't even know exist and you was glad that you forgot that they exist. You begin to see some of your past on Facebook. Old friends that bring back negative vibes of what you used to do together. The enemy whispers, looks like, looks like a little fun, don't it? Don't you want to call them up? See what they're up to? You look at the pictures of their houses and their nice cars, uh, and you just oh, man, you know, I wish, but they in debt. Foreclosure tomorrow. We think they got it good. It seems that they are doing so well for themselves. Meanwhile, the devil makes us feel like you don't because you're staring too much into the familiar. Listen, I'd rather be with nothing at all and have my salvation tonight. Mark 8, 6, 36 through 37 said, What does it profit a man to gain the whole world, yet forfeit his soul? Or what will he, a man give in exchange for? For me, it's nothing, church. And see, we all have to be aware. See, the past will revisit us, church. How many know that there's lessons to be learned from our past? How many believe that? How many know your past is not meant to torture you, uh, but it's meant for you to learn from? There's a difference. Uh, I'm not saying uh, looking uh, into the past. That's why uh, the sermon title is uh, looking too much uh, into the past. Staring too much at the wrong things uh, because we can learn from our past. We can learn from mistakes. We can learn from various different incidents uh, that we're trying to get better at. Uh, but, you know, many times for some of us, uh, our past have begun to do the opposite and torture us. 
Your past will always pay you a visit if you're open for a sit down. See, later in the Israelites' journey through the promised land, they got a warning from the new leader in regards to unhealthy things from the past that could visit them. Later on the screen, verse 50, they said, but if you do not drive out the inhabitants of the land from before you, then it shall be that those whom you let remain shall be irritants in your eyes and thorns in your sides, and they, and, and they, and them, and them, and they shall harass you in the land where you dwell. Moses is careful to remind the people that if you don't uh, uh, get, stop gazing into these things, uh, these very things uh, that you have not put away will revisit you and harass you. Uh, listen, that's still true today. Now, there's some things from our past uh, that if we don't begin to uh, stop staring at those things uh, and, and focusing on those things uh, in our present and in our future, these things are beginning to harass you in your future. Many times people keep giving life uh, to what's supposed to be dead. Paul says it in Romans that, listen, uh, we, you know, we, we, uh, the, the old man is dead, amen, but why we keep bringing it back to life again? Why? You're staring too much into the past. We pull things from the past into the present, giving them life again. I mean, listen, church, unclean spirits uh, from, from the past will indeed try to return. Luke 11, 24 tw through 25 says, when an unclean spirit comes out of a man, uh, it passes through a, a rid of places uh, seeking rest and does not find it. Um, then it says, I will return to the house I left. Uh, on its return, it finds the house swept clean, uh, put in order. Then it goes uh, and brings seven other spirits more wicked than itself, um, and they go in, in and dwell there. And the final plight of the man is worse than the first. Listen, your past uh, will eventually, every now and then, like to stop in. It will revisit you. It likes to stop by just to see, uh, see how you're doing from time to time. Like to revisit you and remind you of your failures, hoping that you will soak in it with self-pity. It will revisit you to see if you've gotten over something. Or not. If you've truly forgiven someone or not. Come on, somebody. How many know marriage is a big commodity when it comes to unclean things uh, that like to revisit? Arguments, uh, things that you and her said, uh, or you and him said, that listen, we're going to bury that. Uh, we're not going to bring that up no more. Uh, and then the first argument, uh, you're talking about something nine years ago. Revisit it right back in your very living room. That you say you wouldn't do it again. See, what happens, the reason why these things are able to revisit our life uh, because we didn't shut the door all the way. Somehow, someway, we've left the door shut. You know how sometimes, uh, you know, uh, you, you, you can open up a revolving door and some doors just kind of close all the way, but other ones kind of, you know, you thought it was closed. Like somebody messed up our front door out there. Uh, like that one. This is the reason many times. Listen, there's people here tonight. This is time to close that chapter. Can you say amen? You're here tonight. You're seeking closure on some areas of your past. Listen, uh, it, it is who you, you, you got to give these things up to God and shut the door. Because the enemy will continue to revisit you with the very same thing that was supposed to be meant as a lesson learned but it's become your torture chamber. Lastly, I want to look at conquering 
and moving forward from our past. See, how many know moving forward tonight will require a fight? Listen, we have a mind, we have a muscle memory for a reason. So listen, I'm not telling you uh, something uh, of the abnormal that, hey, man, just, you know, a raise. Listen, our past is our past. It's there. We know things that we've done. Uh, we know things that we've been through. Uh, and that's why if you and I are going to move forward, uh, we're going to have to put up a fight. Israel's journey to the land of Canaan that flowed with milk and honey yeah, was all about progress and new beginnings. It was all about God's promises that, 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 uh, that were made to his people, the freedom and liberties that they would have, the promise of a great nation. But listen, church, likewise, God wants us to also to move forward in our present day into our future. But we indeed must, it's going to require a fight. Moving forward still requires a fight. In Numbers chapter 30, 50 to 53, I read this scripture to bring out this point of having a fight if you and I are going to move on. Now the Lord spoke to Moses in the plains of Moab by the Jordan across from Jericho saying, uh, speak to the children of Israel and say to them, when you have crossed the Jordan into the land of Canaan, um, then you shall drive out all the inhabitants of the land from before you. Destroy all their engraved stones, um, destroy uh, their molded images, and demolish all their high places. Um, you shall dispose the inhabitants of the land and dwell in it, for I have given you the land to possess. God tells them to wipe out all the things that dwell there, church. He's doing this that there, there would be no adoption or no influence of any kind that would be detrimental to their relationship with their God. He's doing that, this, you know, that help them. And listen, uh, how many know you and I, uh, if we are going to move forward, um, if we're going to have better and um, brighter future, that, listen, we're going to have to keep destroying things along the way. Yes, there was. No, 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 no. Look at you. Look at that mistake you made. See, if he can get you to believe the lie, you'll be unable to move forward. But how many know God holds the doors open to a brighter future? Come on, somebody. Israelites' better days was before them and not behind. And can I tell you, our better days are ahead and not behind. Listen, we may have all, we, again, we all come from Egypt. We all have a past, amen. Uh, but listen, we're not going to stay bondage to that. Because we serve a God, amen, uh, just like the Israelites. Uh, he has a plan for your life and my life. Uh, he has a future, amen, that he wants you to embrace. Uh, but we have to believe that. No, devil, I don't believe the lies uh, that my better days have passed. We can't allow the enemy to use our past against us because he wants to try to dictate our future. Listen, any negative that we've done and been part of, we have to know what the scripture means when it says that our sins are forgiven and tossed as far as it is from the east to the west, church. How many believe that? We still have to fight against these things in our present. Because if not, listen, the enemy, he desires to dictate that. Can you say amen? Let's conquer our past. Uh, listen, again, we have a past. Uh, yes, I'm not saying that it's evil to look into it, uh, but we have to make sure that we're not gazing too far back to the familiar and situations and things that we know God wants us to stay away from. Can you say amen tonight? Can I have every head bow, every eye closed?